Want to know more about what your favorite ninjas have on their minds? Check out the American Ninja Warrior podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, and it's a great listen for any Ninja Warrior fan. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast. We are live from the Wanda. Uh, this is your host, Keon Sabani. Joining me is Ben Hayward. Ben, how you doing? I'm good, Keon. Thanks. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, so we we saw a lot of people on Twitter and, and whatnot complain about how boring the Starby was. I think you and I had a blast. I don't know. I had a blast. I thought it was fun. fun game to be at. There was a lot going on. It was, you know, it was a good atmosphere. I don't know how you felt. Well, I think it's for you, for you maybe probably more special maybe than it was for me because, you know, your first time at the Wanda. Yeah. Uh, it's quite the atmosphere here, isn't it? It's really it, good. It's really It's something. really good, yeah. I've, um, I've been lucky enough to, uh, to have been to a lot of Madrid derbies. It's probably the fixture I've most attended, actually, over the years. I was in Lisbon. Uh, I was in Milan. Mm. I was in, uh, yeah, Champions when they played in the semifinals, in the quarterfinals. Right. At Calderon. League Super Cup, they've, you know, they've played so many times, haven't they? Uh, often it's it's not a classic, right? Uh, but it's always fascinating. Um, it's always tense and tight, and uh, certainly uh, after what we saw in pre preseason, um, I wasn't expecting uh, to see that tonight. Well, that was interesting because Ewan and I were talking after the game on Wednesday because we were just talking about this upcoming derby. Like, how much did that preseason game? matter in terms of like how much of it was a, pre a premonition because you remember Ramos came out and said after that game um, you know Atleti approaches like a Champions League final and for us it was just a friendly and people kind of got upset about that quote sure. um, so yeah, and Zidane said it as well actually you know they both said it mm. at the time it I don't know for me it's not really what you want to hear from your captain and, no and, I agree and your coach but uh, but it, there was an element of truth to it as well. yeah I yeah those two sides of the coin one is that it's hard to just flip a switch and say okay now we're gonna lock it down but the thing is also what's interesting is that they did do that today the past three games you and I were talking off air how impressive the defense has been and how kind of maybe surprising that was given that four games ago was the PSG debacle where they looked all over the place so somewhere here, a switch flipped. After the PSG games, Zidane kept talking about intensity, intensity, intensity. He's mentioned it in every post-game presser since, intensity, intensity. We don't really know how to measure it, but you can kind of see it. Like Kroos, even in this game, was tracking back um, like a madman. And he did against Sevilla too. So something must have changed behind the scenes where they flipped a switch and said, okay, we really got to focus on this. And someone had asked Zidane, you know, about kind of just the lack of chances in the post-game presser. And he was like, we had we put in a great performance today. Like you know, our defense again was great. Um, so uh, the biggest takeaway maybe just how good they've been defensively. Well, that's right. If you go back to to Paris, you know, which was not so long ago, you know, yeah. it's, uh, um, just uh, just last week, in fact, you know, like uh, what we did ten days from from Paris or, or less, and you know, Real Madrid didn't have uh, a single shot. Yeah. On target yeah. in that game, and you know, defensively they were awful. And you know, Zidane uses intensity often as an excuse, 
um, you know, a bit too much for my liking. But certainly it's true that since then, uh, they, they have they had have, that yeah. intensity and, you know, defensively they've been really good. Uh, even when the, the second string came in uh, against Osasuna the other day, right. you know, the same uh, level of commitment, um, intensity, but also concentration. We've seen, you know, particularly, um, you know, Sergio Ramos, great defender though he is, uh, is prone perhaps to lapses in concentration uh, in, in games against lesser sides. But I think they've been really intense they've been really concentrated since then and uh, one other factor which i think has been really notable is how uh, as you mentioned as you alluded to as well that it's not just the defenders or, or the midfield but it's it's also the attackers tracking back it was mentioned in the in the, in the presser we were just at yeah. that bale uh, benzema and, and azad yeah. were all working hard defensively and yeah. that's something we haven't always seen with real madrid um you know when the bbc were here um bale benzema cristiano uh, they didn't always track back to help true. out. But when they do it, it makes so much difference. Well, that's that's an interesting point because Ronaldo was very much in this uh, energy conservation mode uh, often with Real Madrid. So, you know, they suffered a little bit defensively because of that. Obviously, he brings so much more to the table. He's sure. one of the greatest players of all time. But um, it's interesting with Hazard um, because the lack of chances Real Madrid created today. I wonder how much that changes when Hazard reaches his, you know, maybe peak um, or at a higher fitness level. Um, while his offense hasn't been great or even good um, the last few games, he's worked really hard. Um, even this game, he was helping Nacho on a couple of occasions when Trippier was making those overloads, putting those mm. crosses in. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because I was talking to a few journalists before the game, um, one of which said something interesting in that, why isn't it a big deal or why haven't we made a big deal the fact that Hazard has showed up so out of shape? It should be a bigger deal. It's unprofessional. They paid a lot of money for him. He's a professional footballer. He should be showing up as if you know he's he's in his Chelsea fitness. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's something that's obviously far from ideal. Mm. Um, you know, he arrived as a new Galactico. You know, the yeah. first kind of Galactico-style signing that Real Madrid have made in in many years. You know, he was given the number seven shirt, which is has very special significance, not only because of Cristiano, but going back to Raul, Butragueño and, and, and others in the past. And, you know, uh, it's been said that, that Azad, you know, he has a tendency to turn up for preseason training after the summer holidays, uh, a little bit overweight. Sure. He's done this in previous summers. Yes. But if you've just signed for a new club, you want to make an impression, you're a Galactico-style signing, you know that the scrutiny is going to be on you. Yeah. I think you need to be uh, a little bit more professional. And of course, then he got injured as well, and it was far from the ideal start. Right. I mean, the injury certainly didn't help anyone's you know situation. Sure. Um, but like, there's sometimes you can... You can look at a player if he's overweight or not and kind of judge him maybe you're right maybe wrong but there were clear signs to me that he just his legs were heavy today um like there was this moment in the second half where Fede valverde plays a great pass to him and he gets the ball in like an ideal spot where like chelsea hazard would have carried that ball up the pitch and created an attack and he just kind of like it's as if like his engine just failed him and his legs just died and he just lost the ball yeah um i definitely noticed that i, yeah. I noticed um, today with Hazard, which maybe we, we we don't see when he's at his best, is that instead of trying to beat his man, he was he kept cutting back, in, cutting back inside because yeah. he didn't have the pace to go past him yeah. or the trickery to be able to do it. And maybe that's a confidence thing as well, uh, but it, it probably is a fitness thing at this point as well. Um, 
were you, I guess, surprised that, I think, I think both teams generally defended well. Both teams, neither team really particularly attacked well. Um, it was funny because uh, some people were, were talking about the XG after the game because it, mm. it seemed like Real Madrid's would be a bit higher given that, that Benzema header, that All Black saved, the Crows shot that All Black saved, the bail chance that he hit over the bar. Um, turns out Atletico's XG was a slightly higher. I think they just had a higher volume of shots, but also um, I guess Real Madrid's chances weren't as clear-cut as we thought, and All Black made great saves on difficult chances. Um, but regarding the offense, All Black was saying in the post-game presser that derbies are complicated because you don't want to lose and you don't want to win. And that was like the most apt description of this game because it seemed like neither team wanted to give way and in a way like for Real Madrid that's kind of nice to see for for a fan base that has just suffered so much in terms of the defense just not existing at all mm -hmm. and so it's kind of nice to have these tactical nil-nils in some sense like a break from the chaos mm -hmm. um but just in terms of like the cons conservative nature of both teams yeah um you know you kind of alluded to it earlier in the podcast that this was, in a way, a classic KG derby. Sometimes you have those Champions League nights that are wild and back and forth, but this was just maybe this is how a derby is supposed to end, in a way. Yeah, I mean, this is quite often how they are. You know, yeah. we, we've seen one or two that, that have been a little bit more high-scoring uh, on both sides, but usually they're KG, and sometimes they're, you know, they're, they've been to penalties, they've been to extra time, they've been nil-nil, 1-1, very tight, and um, that's what we see more often than not. And I think... At this stage of La Liga, you know, given where both teams are in, in the table, given uh, what happened in, in Paris to Real Madrid, yeah. and, and, you know, maybe also given Barcelona's uh, indifferent starts of the season, mm. I think probably um, a point here uh, was, was good yeah. you know, for both teams. Obviously, yeah. they, they, they both wanted to win the game, but, but you, you'd rather... Uh, yeah, they definitely didn't want to lose it. And I think yeah, of course. Showed, yeah. yeah, and part, I mean... I do, some of it also was maybe, there were some tactical, you know, I guess, kinks in the offense of both teams where they all, they both try to exploit the flanks, they both try to put a bunch of crosses in, Real Madrid put more crosses in and not very efficient. And I was looking at the stats after the game, Bale led the team in crosses. And while I think he's a good crosser of the ball, you don't really want him crossing to Hazard at the far post. You want him to be on the end of those crosses yeah. instead, right? Um, but also Atleti in their build-up, they... You could kind of feel it in the crowd where they started to groan a little bit with some of the heavy touches from Diego Costa or Coque, like losing possession. Uh, Vitolo even having these chances in transition, but losing possession. And there was these groans from the crowd where Casemiro or somewhere Fede Valverde would seal the ball and they would go the other way. But So there were also things in there that the teams just kind of were in their heads a bit, I found. Check out the American Ninja Warrior podcast for a behind-the-scenes look at all the action of the show and more with your favorite competitors. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Spencer Hall. I'm Holly Anderson. I'm Ryan Nanny. I'm Jason Kirk, and we're the hosts of the Shutdown Fullcast, your Avengers of college football podcast. It says here in the script I'm to riff on what that means, and basically what I mean is it's all already spoiled. Every Tuesday, we talk about everything from cooking disasters to pro wrestling to unfashionable pants we wore in middle school. We also do talk about college football every now and then, like mascot fights, announcers fleeing the booth early, and unfashionable pants that coaches wear now. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it should be taken, 
Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. Yeah, I think Diego Costa, I mean, I suppose this is one reason to not read too much into preseason because he was yeah. an absolute beast in that How many, game. Did he score four goals in that game? I think... Or well, three? Definitely, definitely three. Definitely three, Definitely yeah. three, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was an absolute beast. Yeah. And, and tonight, for me, he just, he just didn't get into the game. How much of a difference um, do you think Morata would have made? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, um, even though there weren't shots on target, for me, the two best opportunities for Atletico were in the first half. When um, Thomas flashed that cross right across the six-yard box. Right, yeah, yeah. And only needed a touch. Yeah. And nobody was there. Yeah. And then um, Trippier from the right also did something yeah. similar. Courtois palmed it out. And again, right. yeah, it only yeah. needed a touch and no yeah. one was there. And I was thinking, yeah, you know, yeah. if Morata had played, he would have been there. Or, mm. you know, or may well have been there. So he would have been there I, and the ball may or may not have gone in the well, net. Yeah, this, this is it. But you know, strikers have an instinct right. for those kind of things. Who knows? Um, we, 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 we can't say. But yeah, I, I think they missed him. Um, Simeone, after the, press, after the game, this subtle, like inclination that Zidane played defensive, wanted to counterattack us. They put this line up to do this mm. and and we were playing the attacking football. And this is obviously coming from someone who uh, uh, took off João Felix for Marco Ciarante in the second half. Um, just might just I don't know, stirring the pot a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Simeone likes to have a little dig yeah. now and again, but um yeah, it's a bit of bit of a pot and kettle situation really, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, he, he's not the most attacking coach let's be honest uh, <laughs> to put it mildly yeah. uh, but you know having said that I would have liked to have seen Madrid maybe um, you know, go for it a little more obviously it's important and you know given what happened in Paris and and since then to keep this run going to keep the defensive stability um, but you know starting with Valverde um, I suppose gives you more solidity in the middle but uh, you know you we, we saw a little bit more when, when Modric came on, when Hamis came on late in the game. It was a little bit too little, too late. Yeah. And I would have liked to maybe seen um, Madrid be a little bit more brave and, and maybe go out there and seek the win a little well, bit more. What do yeah. you think about that? Well, the big, the, the big uh, talking point was Valverde and Hamis. Mm. You know, who should have been starting? And a lot of people felt one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, most from what I've seen, one and Hamas to start anyway. And I think it's interesting to note what Valverde brought to the table and kind of the, some of the stuff that was hard for him to deal with. Mm. Um, as you mentioned off air too, that you know he kept Zidane has praised Fede twice now in the post game pressers. Mm. One of them unprompted, and today um, again answered a question about about James and Valverde. And he said, you know, Valverde, you know, makes made us really strong and we defended well. Um, I think it was the surprise element as well, a little bit. Yeah, you know, because obviously uh, Simeone would have expected him to pick hundred percent for sure, for sure. For sure. Um, I think Fede, like, there's no, no, you can't question his effort. Do you remember you were at the game on Wednesday, right, mm. against Osasuna, yeah. where he had that like sequence of fifteen seconds where he sprinted to press the goalkeeper and yeah. then and then went and fouled another player, and the whole Bernabeu just applauded yeah. just for the yeah. effort alone. Yeah. Um, he has that, and he had that in this game too. Yeah, he yeah. was relentless, um, and, that, and that's infectious too. It's it's a, good, yeah. To be honest, it's just what Real Madrid need. It's a I very good energy. Mm. Um, I think he also had a couple of nice passes. One of them to Hazard down the flank in the first half mm. on a nice counter, um, but also had a a few bad passes where I thought he was a bit panicky, overhit it, underhit it, gave it away. A couple of them led to Atletico counterattacks um, and, and, or, or killed the Real Madrid attacks. So I think 
there's probably a little bit of give and take. One is his effort, um, tremendous, and and maybe Hamas would have been a bit better on the ball. Now, having said that, Hamas had a crazy give giveaway at the end end of the game too. I don't know if you mm. noticed where he yeah, switched yeah. the play and it got intercepted. And if I, if I thought he score from that, yeah. you know, that's a big big talking point. But it, it happens. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, the defensive contribution is not something we uh, expect from 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 Hamas, or it's not considered to be his best trait. But I right. think this season. You know he's he's, he's also really, worked really he's and, worked and, really hard and, too. The, yeah. the game against Sevilla, I thought you know he was excellent, also defensively. Yep, yep, I agree. Uh, any standouts to you today from either team? Um, <laughs> a difficult one, I think, yeah. uh, for Atletico or Black. Yeah, know, coming out one. coming out with that that save from Benzema. Uh, just you know, I mean, he played it down afterwards. He said, you know, I'm here to to uh, to save balls, but uh, yeah. A, a fantastic save. Yeah, and yeah, for Real Madrid, I think the biggest positive is this is this run that they've gone on uh, since Paris. I mean, if you take this game in isolation, it's disappointing. Any game for Real Madrid, I suppose, is disappointing not to win because the standards are so high. But if you look at the run uh, since Paris, uh, which they were so bad that night, right. there was talk of crisis, and yeah. Zidane had that, that yeah. press conference where all the questions were about his future: is he going to resign? Um, does he feel let down by the club? Um, did, does he have the players that he wants? Like the yeah. whole press conference was, yeah. was dominated by this agenda. And then since then, you know, back to back wins uh, and a draw in one of the most difficult stadiums in the country in the derby. Yeah. And three clean sheets in a row. So I think that's the big positive for Real Madrid. I wonder, I know this is really premature to say because we have no idea. The season's going to be volatile. One one week there's crisis. One week it's you know these guys are going to win the Champions League. It's <laughs> every week is different. We know that, right? Sure. Uh, but I did write about this a little bit. I wonder if like maybe in the springtime we look back at that PSG game where like that was the turning point. That's when the team needed to hit rock bottom for something to happen, a switch to flip or something. Um, we kind of had a, a similar parallel to a couple years ago when Real Madrid lost 3-0 to Tottenham in the Champions League. Mm. And they got outplayed. Yeah. Everyone was talking about Pochettino as a masterclass and they're going to make it past Real Madrid. And then Real Madrid go on and win the Champions League. So sure. like, you know, they're, it's it's hard oh, to... Oh, you never write them off. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Real Madrid. But um, no, perhaps. And, um, you know, I think, um, say we, we mentioned intensity, but but I think also concentration. If you go back to the, 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 the match before yeah. uh, PSG, uh, the... Villarreal or uh, Levante, maybe. Oh yeah, I was. I, I can't remember which one. Was I can't remember first, either. Actually, yeah, yeah. I was at both of those actually. But yeah. um, but yeah, the the Levante game. Yeah. I mean, that was you know they were three 0 up, they were cruising, yeah. And then all of a sudden they switch off. Yeah. They're letting a goal. Yeah. Uh, Zidane had to make a couple of changes that maybe didn't want to 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 make, and then yeah. suddenly it's three two, and at the end they're hanging on. If that had been. You know, one point instead of three, it would have been a little bit of a disaster. So I think Courtois made one big save at the end there that that prevented the three. Yeah, yeah. right. And I mean, that, you know, you throw away a three-nil lead at home and that, against a team like Levante. Right. Um, it's not good. So you know, uh, PSG was definitely a wake-up call um, with that in mind as well, and the, the two goals they conceded against Villarreal. And obviously, um, you know, as we've mentioned, uh, Azad is not f quite firing yet. The, yeah. the, the the forward line. Even the midfield, it all needs to improve. Um, so, what's the best thing to be doing um, in the meantime? Tighten up at the back. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, as Zidane said in the press conference, you know, he believes that that, that will come, and 
you know, in the meantime, I guess right. not, not conceding is, is has to be a positive. Um, just speaking, just to circle back to the standouts, one mm -hmm. player for Real Madrid that looked really good to me was Cruz. Yeah. Um, and this is obviously a player who's been under a lot of scrutiny, and I'd say rightfully so, um, especially after that PSG game where he was kind of jogging in transition, not playing mm -hmm. well. The past three games, but today, um, his distribution was on point. Um, his effort defensively was good. And, uh, you know, Real Madrid not creating many chances. His long-distance shooting was like a rare point of offense for the team. So I, I thought yeah. he was he was really good today. I feel like he's... Um maybe trying to shoot a little bit more this season yeah we saw that as he should i mean when he shoots he's like a cyborg he, he's right. so accurate with his shooting yeah no he's, yeah. he has that that in his locker but he, he doesn't score many goals mm. uh, when he does they tend to be spectacular he scored that one in, in vigo in the opening weekend of the season which was right yeah, yeah 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 and i feel like um even though uh he, he hasn't scored many yet i feel like he's having more attempts this season so that could be something he brings to his game right um, so it's um, it's quarter to 1 a.m. I've, I've kept you long enough in uh, <laughs> uh, in the streets of Madrid outside the Wanda. So uh, we're going to wrap it up here. For those of you who have, guys have questions coming in, just keep in mind we're recording this right after the game so we won't get them. Um, so we'll bring them forward to Tuesday's podcast. And a couple of you guys have questions about Odegaard and Rodrigo, which we'll talk about on Tuesday morning's podcast with Matt. Um, so thanks for listening. Ben Hayward, thank you so much for, for doing this. Really appreciate Pleasure. your time. Yeah, pleasure. And uh, we'll chat soon. Take care. Thank you.